Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Tom DeAngelis, Tom Ferto, and Rob Longo. Welcome, one and all. Thanks, David. Thanks, David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. But uh, before we break open the bread of life and see how Jesus wants to lead us today, Tom, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us see what we're called to see? I'd be happy to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. amen. Heavenly Father, send your Spirit on us as we break open the gospel that you're presenting to us for this week. Help us to see the things that you want us to see in these words. Help us to share those things with each other. And for all those people who may be listening to us, that you touch their hearts with the insights that you've shared with us and that we hope to share with them. And we ask all this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. 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 The Father, Father, Son, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Rob, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? I would love to. The gospel is from Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Matthew 28, 16 to 20. The 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they all saw him, they worshiped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So this Sunday is uh, the Solemnity of the Holy Trinity. So this is Trinity Sunday, and uh, our Lord is telling them and, and us to go and, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that we, you know, what sets us apart is that we, are, we have a triune God, you know, and we can have a relationship with the Father, a relationship with the Son, and a relationship with the Holy Spirit, one God, three persons. It's awesome. It's awesome. Having to celebrate, you know, the, the birthday of the church, you've got, you know, your great bookends here of the... Uh, um, you know, the apostles going out to evangelize, to go, uh, you know, uh, reinforce again in this reading, but also to teach, you know, so it's, it's the, the ministry of evangelization, of spreading the good news of Jesus Christ, bringing that message of salvation, but also uh, in part of that is to teach. It's, 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 it's about believing in Jesus and then following, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the commandments. So we see the, you know, the dual, the dual role of the apostles, um, which then becomes, of course, you know, our, our dual role is, is to believe and to follow. You know, it's, it's an active thing. It's an act of the a mind. It's the act of, an act of the heart, but it's also an act of the will. You know, we believe and we follow. We believe and we obey. We believe and we trust. You know, and they go hand in hand. And, and Tom, I'm just thinking of last, uh, last week when you and I were, were together at a high school 
And uh, you're, you're so gifted in, in delivering messages, whether it's to students, to faculty, to adults, to, you know, you're, you're just, you're gifted in delivering the message. And I'm, I'm thinking of what you said to the students that it's, it's about a relationship, not about the rules. And when I read the, the part at the end, I'm with you always. Man, talk about relationship, right? But he also said to observe all that I've commanded you. Uh, so just in a, in a little capsule uh, version, can you just give a little bit of, of what you were talking to well, them about? Well, I'd like about? to say that it's, it is about the relationship, right? Jesus has risen. That's the good news, you know, not an idea, not a philosophy, not a, not a set of uh, uh, standards, but it's about the person of Jesus, the personal relationship with Jesus Christ, of course, which leads to the intimate relationship with, with, the, with the Father. So it's a relationship, not the rules, but I always say the rules guide the relationship. They give, like, they give that basic, you know, that, that basic, you know, if you do these things and don't do these things, your, your relationship will be fostered. You're, you're going to have a better, uh, you know, you're going to have a better relationship if you stick to these things. We can make a list of do's and don'ts for marriage. Couldn't we all? Married men? And of course yes. we could. But a list of do's and don'ts does not define a marriage. Marriage is about the, uh, David's language, the cherishing and the honoring and the loving of the other. But of course, there are there are parameters to that. There, there are rules. There are things that a married person should do and a married person should not do. But they are they are not the, the how the relationship is defined. They they guide us. And in case you wonder, like, I wonder if, if I should do this. Well, should a married man do that? No. All right. So you, know, you can always go back to the rules <laughs> yeah. to help keep you on track in case there's any doubt. And I think in our faith life, it's the same way. It's about the relationship with Christ. But the rules, the commandments, they provide a context. In case you're wondering, this is not the way to, to love God properly. Don't do this. Do this instead. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it all yeah. go back to this relationship that starts with that relationship, our yes to Jesus' invitation into that divine intimacy of the Father to the Son is the is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a third person in the in the Holy Trinity. And someone shared this the other day to me, and it just really struck me. You know, if I go to my wife and say, uh, honey, do you want me to take out the trash? And my wife says back to me, no, honey, I want you to take out the trash. I want you to do that for me. In other words, rules and regulations are there as a guide, but as we have that as Jesus, as, as uh, David cried out to Jesus, created me a new heart. That heart wants to respond to the invitation of love by huh, wanting to take out the trash, wanting to obey the commandments, wanting to grow deeper into that divine intimacies. So, yes, does my wife want me to take the trash out? Yes, she does, but she truly wants me to want to take out that trash. That's the difference. You know, do we have to go to church every Sunday? No, we can choose not to. Does the Lord say keep holy the Sabbath, one of the Ten Commandments? Yep. So, So should we go? We should. But Jesus wants us to go. He wants that to be the desire of our heart. We're offered the opportunity to be with him every day in daily Mass. Do we want to be with the Lord? Not, oh, I got to go to Mass again today. Oh, I got to go to confession. Oh, I got to go to here. I got to go to... Stop. Stop. That's legalism. This is all about a relationship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is a divine intimacy that is the beatific of the eternal exchange of love that we're all invited into when we give our yes to participate in that with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who then lives fully and completely in us, with us, and through us. So you know what, Lord? I want 
to obey the commandments. I want to, I desire to as my response to your invitation to the eternal exchange of love. I think, too, there's a dynamic around uh, relationships, and the, and as you were talking about it, Tom, the, and, well, and David, too, the, the rules relative to the relationship, that there is a point, I think, in the, in the practice of the rules where you do get to the point where you're willing to, to – you, you go along with it. I mean, it's something that you embrace. Like you said, I want to – I want to do this. Now, I'm not doing it because I have to. I know that I know it's a good thing. I know it it creates a healthier relationship to do this, but now I want to do it. Like I don't think about the the third commandment when I go to mass on Sunday. I just go now. So there's a point where the rules they're like the training wheels come off and you just ride. And it's not that the rule went away. The rule's still valid. It's valid for somebody who doesn't know to do this all the time and who hasn't embraced it and said, this is now part of my life. This is what I do. This is a habit. This is, this is just the way. And we do it long enough, it becomes part of who we are, not just what we do. It's now, this is the way I am. Mass on Sunday for me and mass every day for me is just part of who I am. It's just what I do. It's not, it's not something that I layer on top or something I do. And if I miss, if I miss because of a valid reason, then I miss because it's part of the relationship, and I know the other person will understand. You know. Uh, yeah, and and I love here where Jesus says, "All power." Think about this: all power in heaven and earth hasn't been given to me. And then the commandment to the disciples and to you and I are: go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Because here's the key, and it's summed up here at the last sentence. The key in baptism, which is so critically important on our journey, Trinitarian, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, spelled out right here. We are baptized, priest, prophet, and king, sharing in the one priesthood, the one prophet, the one kingship of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he tells us, I am with you always. It is Jesus Christ that lives in us, with us, and through us, and does all. All good works. We're used as his hands, his feet, his eyes, his ears, his heart. But when you realize the power that is within you in Jesus Christ, be not afraid 365 times in the Bible. Probably a mistake. Probably an accident. No. One for every day of the week because we forget. Don't be afraid. Jesus, all-powerful, all-power heaven and earth, lives and dwells in you. How does he do that? When we stay in right relationship. He doesn't say, he doesn't suggest, hey, observe these things. No, he commands us. Why? So that he's fully present within us. So that when people encounter us, they're encountering the God of the universe, Jesus Christ, in our voice, in our eyes, in our touch, in our responses of love to every situation. Man, when you get that realize that nothing is impossible for Jesus. Every time I say the word, oh, that's impossible, that's impossible, that's impossible, somebody slowed me up and said, really? Let's look at that word. For you, it is impossible. But impossible spelled I am, which is God's name, possible. <laughs> that's probably a coincidence too. And Jesus reminds us to remain. Remain. And he, and he kept he kept saying it to us recently and uh in the Gospels, remain in me, remain in me, remain in me, because without me, you can do nothing. Yeah, remain in my remain love. In me. And it all comes from obedience. Yeah. Obedience to those guardrails, those, those, those commandments that he puts out there, 
They're commandments of love. They're for our edification. They're for our growth in holiness, in perfection, into the image and likeness of Christ, which God created us from the beginning in his image and likeness. So he wants to perfect us in that. And Jesus wants to come inside of us, his blood coursing through our body to purge from us anything, any toxins of the world, unforgiveness, jealousy, pride, anger, all this stuff got to go. Because when we leave those toxins in there, it pollutes everything we say and everything we do. The, the image of guardrails, I know, Tom, you've used that uh, in, in the past, and you just brought it up, David. For me, it's always been uh, a very fruitful uh, reflection because I think of guardrails as kind of keeping me on the path, but I also can project forward, when you think about the growth in the spiritual life, a narrowing of the guardrails because Jesus said, you know, go by the narrow path, oh, go, go through the narrow gate. And I've also reflected on this in terms of, and, and I, I didn't make this up. I, I'm sure I read it someplace, but uh, but as it gets narrower and narrower, the gate that I have to pass through at the end is one that I'm too big to fit in right now. I need to lose some baggage. I need to drop <laughs> some weight. I need to, you know, because because I'm looking down the road and it keeps getting narrower and narrower, and and I I'm not, you know. Mm-hmm. So I need to. And that, to me, is part of humility. It's part of growing in the faith. It's part of forgetting about myself and, and living for other people. You know, that's, that's a big thing. Jesus said, you know, love one another. A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. Well, that's, that's pretty strict. I mean, that, that's down the road someplace, down there, I'm going to have to do something like that. And maybe several times I'm going to have to do something like that. And as the road narrows and the guardrails get tighter... Um, that's part of our spiritual journey. So there's that we, we we kind of have that to look forward to. But you know, it's a challenge, and all things are possible with God. So you know, bring yeah. it on. Yeah, here and, we go. And I had this image of the Jacob Marley syndrome, where he's got the uh, treasure chest oh, on yeah, this yeah, chain. Yeah. He's got mm, the the yes, anger yeah. on this chain, the unforgiveness in this chain, the jealousy yeah. in this chain. You know, and he's he's just this ghost wailing around. Oh, you know yeah. well, that we have our free will choice. Right. You know. Jesus is the key that unlocks each and every one of those. If we choose to go to the Father, ask for forgiveness, ask for the grace to forgive, and then let Jesus unlock those chains and drop them off. Because otherwise, we just yep. keep dragging those chains. Right. Dragging that. It's all right. about my money, my property, my car, my... And and the you know the 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 enticement of the, you know the, I think the tool of the enemy is the idea of that of that freedom since we're talking a little bit about some of the commandments and the thou shalls and you know I don't want to have my lifestyle cramped I don't want someone to tell me what to do I want to you know freedom yeah. which of course is a very important thing yeah. for us personally but the irony is as we you know as we go off the path as we as we get outside the guardrails et cetera or step out of bounds on the field you know it, it's and 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 then we make ourselves open to sin. We then become slaves of the very thing that we thought we were going to exercise our freedom with, and so uh, the, the 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 allure of freedom. I would do it my way. Uh, that's fine. Like I said, we have free will. Go do it your way, um, and then we end up actually slave. Um, so rather than a joyful obedience to the Father, we've now become slaves of sin and, we, and become captives. Uh, and and the further we sink down in that in that slavery of sin, the harder it is to let go and unlock that unlock that that lock with the with the with the key of God's grace. Um, but it is a process. It's a journey. I like I like that analogy, Tom, of the of the road getting uh, the road getting narrower. Um, but the good thing is we don't have to we don't have to look at the road. 
you know, five miles down the road. Right. Look at it tomorrow, just, just you know, and, and know right. that you'll get from here to there. And, and we're going to we're going to deviate and we're going to fall and we're going to get dirty sometimes. But we get back up, dust ourselves off with the with the grace of confession and uh, and keep going down that road. I think I read somewhere in a good book about this light at your feet or one step one day. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's that's the journey. Don't that's right. Because you can get real lost looking in the future. Rob. I'm just drawn uh, also by baptism. He's telling them and asking, go, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. It's not, and by the way, maybe if they want to, as an as a outward sign, baptize them. You know, baptism is, you know, as all sacraments are, they're outward signs instituted by Christ to give grace. Grace changes us from the inside out. That, that being baptized uh, changes us. We, you know, we become sons and daughters and in the first or second reading that we'll hear on Sunday, talks about from Romans talks about the spirit of adoption, through whom we cry, Abba, Father, so that we're chosen. God chose us, and baptism changes us from the inside out, and uh, we can cry out, Abba, Daddy, Father. So it's uh, it's awesome. We are so uh, so blessed to to you know have have this gift that that you know for me it was my parents and godparents brought me. Think for you guys as well, but for any of us that uh, have been baptized, what a gift! What a gift! You know, I was reflecting as you were sharing about staying clean and, and being obedient of a, of a story that came back a few years ago when I was in the shower. I think that's when God likes to talk to me when He get, has my full attention. And I was taking a shower and I was washing, and I hear the still quiet voice in my heart, "Why are you taking a shower?" I said, "To get clean. Why do you want to get clean? Hmm. Well, because I don't want to stink." What would happen if you don't take a shower in a week? Oh, I said, I'd start to smell. How about a month? Oh, I said, I'd get pretty ripe. <laughs> How about a year? I said, man, I would be grotesque. I said, it would be wretched. Nobody would want to be around me. And then I hear the voice again. See, David, it's the same spiritually with sin. Each and every day of your life, invite the Holy Spirit in to illuminate in you that which needs clean. Then come to me for the grace Ask for forgiveness and let me clean that. Because to stay spiritually clean each and every day allows you to truly reflect the beauty and truth of my son Jesus, who's called to live in you, with you, and through you. Because otherwise, you get this not real good smell spiritually. And then a lady I shared this story with yesterday said to me, David, I got got another piece to that. I said, what's that? The demons, they like that yearly smell. Mm. Yeah. They like that five-year smell. They like that 40-year right. <laughs> me- smell because they smell that sin and they attach to it in you. And I'm like, that's profound. They, they, they yeah. smell the opportunity. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Wow. That's right. So for me, man, that daily. And then for us as Catholics, what a beautiful gift. God gives us these beautiful priests who give their yes, who've been given this charism to be able to be that conduit between God the Father through Jesus Christ living in them and with them and through them to get absolution for our sins, to get speak them out and be safe when we do that. The scriptures, just like here it says command, the scriptures commands us to confess our sins one to another. Oh my goodness, who do you tell your sins to that doesn't go tell everybody else? But you see, God knew that, which is why he gave us the gift of the priesthood and the charism to the priest who never shares those sins with anyone. So it gives us that conduit to 
speak out those sins, bring them out into the light to the Father through Jesus who's working in that priest, with that priest, and then listen to how God uses that priest to help you in counsel. So for me, man, if you can get to go once a week, once every two weeks, stay clean because let me tell you what, if you think you know when you sin all your sins, man, we can deceive ourselves so quickly. Ask that Holy Spirit in, invite the Holy Spirit in to illuminate that which we can't see. You'll be amazed the sins you'll be able to confess and be set free from. You know, how many, since we're pretty proficient at beating analogies to death, you know, let's take, <laughs> uh, but take that cleanliness. You know, sometimes, you know, if, if you're slowly being unclean, a lot of times you don't, you don't recognize it as much as the other people do, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but, uh, but think about you it. You get used to what, it. Yeah. What do we do? We check ourselves, right? You ever check your hands, right? Let's be honest. You ever sniff your arm, right? Before you go to a meeting, make sure everything's okay. Don't need some deodorant. You know, look in the mirror. Do I have something stuck in my teeth? Right. We, we do little checks. Checks on about our hygiene. Is everything in order? Well, spiritually, right? We got the examination of conscience. What is, what is that? I mean, it's yeah. a spiritual look in the mirror. It's a spiritual examination of your hands. It's a spiritual. It's a spiritual way to sniff your armpit, right? Or look yeah. and see if you got something stuck in your teeth. Where have I fallen down? Where do I have some things to to uh, to, to to take care of here? And um, I mean, I, I I can tell you, I mean, David, from what you're saying, you know, when I feel most um, whatever, spiritually arrogant, I guess, that's when I know it's time for confession. Uh -huh. You know, when I, get, when I get ahead of myself, when either I think everything's going fine and I've got it all in control, thank you very much, or sometimes on the flip side, you know, when I, when I, when I find myself saying, ah, that's not a big deal, let that go, uh, that's my reminder, that's my little sure. red flag, right. nah, it's probably time to take that spiritual shower, uh, you know, of confession and, 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 and have that cleansing and, and, and know things are right. So the examination of conscience, beautiful gift that we have, something we should all do on a regular basis. And and uh, God gave us a help meet at those who are married because my wife's <laughs> my wife's not even Catholic. My wife's not even Catholic, and yet she'll say to me now and again, uh, David, how long has it been since you've been to confession? And I'll go, ooh. Because why? Because all of a sudden the words that come out, the facial expressions that aren't so sweet anymore. They have that little twang of sulfur in them. Yeah. And so, you know what? Listen to your spouse. Because let me tell you what, when you are truly reflecting Christ, man, she is in love with the Lord who's in you, and it's unbelievable. But when you're not, oh! Yeah. And then uh, on the way out to confession, they slip us a little note. <laughs> just, just in case you need a little info. Uh, but again, I just, just keep getting drawn back to this uh, being chosen. They were... You know, God chose us. He delights in us. He desires us. And, uh, you know, if we think it's all going to be a bed of roses after we accept being chosen, uh, you know, we're going to be reminded on Sunday at the second reading that, you know, we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That's pretty good that we're, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're heirs of the kingdom if, those ifs, right? If only we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Yeah. So, guys, in our... In our journey, there's going to be suffering. Absolutely, not if, but when. Yeah. There's going to be suffering. So uh, let's unite that suffering with Christ uh, so then he can bring it with him to the cross and then he can use it to, to bring souls back to him. And don't be afraid to call on this power that God has put within us, which is his son, Jesus Christ, in all situations. The lady that I was with this week, she shared a story of when she was in line, in lunch line, and the young girl in front of her collapsed, hit her head on the floor. Well, I would have been like, you know, call an ambulance. Well, she did, spiritually. She knelt down and started praying. 
for this young girl. The father knelt down to see if she was okay. Other people called for the ambulance. But this girl was praying the blood of Jesus over her, praying for her to be you know, set free, praying for her to heal. The father was hearing all this. The next thing she knew, this girl sat straight up and her body turned in an unnatural position. And this mist of a demonic face come out of this girl as she kept praying the blood of Jesus over her and boom, lifted from her. And the next thing she knew, this girl's face was that of an angel. And she looked at the father and she said, what happened here was spiritual. Never forget what you saw. Never forget to call on Jesus. Never forget to, to, to bathe your daughter in his blood and, and claim the power that Christ has put in you, in himself, to do these things. And and so the ambulance came and everything, but the girl was perfectly fine. But you see, we, we read about, you know, they cast out demons back then mm-hmm. because they have all this power. Well, it can happen today. You know, and don't be afraid. You know what? How many times has fear kept us from dropping down, kneeling, and praying for someone who fell, praying for somebody who's injured, laying hands on somebody, laying hands on somebody for, for, for you know, and praying for something I know it controls me at many times. Well, fear is not of God. Fear is a, a tool of the enemy to stop us to be all that we can be, to bring Christ to these people in need. Amen. And it becomes a habit of fearing to the point where you forget that it's even possible. That's right. You know, and to be reminded periodically about that, I think, is important. And and going back to to examination of conscience, you know, we have a long tradition in the Catholic Church of doing that. If you do the liturgy, the hours, um, or actually shorter Christian prayer at night prayer, there's a note before every every night prayer to examine your conscience before you go to bed. And that's exactly what you're talking about, David. Every day, get clean, get clean every day. And I'll also tell you that my experience of not going to confession and then going to confession has been very positive. It makes a huge difference when it becomes a habit once a month, every two weeks. It makes a huge impact on your spiritual life that yep. you won't even you won't even be able to yep. to to replicate it any other way, and that you'll just be called to get closer and closer because every time you find something wrong, you also find the flip side of it, which is well, what should I be doing? Okay, I'm doing this, but what do I do instead of that? You know, what, instead of getting angry, how do I respond? What do I do? How do I handle that the next time? And that's part of examination of conscience, and it's just it's part of our tradition. It's part of our Catholic faith. You know, it's interesting. The sentence says, they worshiped, but they doubted. You know, we're all human. It's one step, one one day. And for me, you know what? I do doubt. And that's a lack of trust in God. That's a lack of spiritual maturity and growth. So for me, Lord, come Holy Spirit, help me. Help me and eradicate this doubt from me, this fear from me, the tactics and the tools of the enemy so that I can purely reflect you in this world and be that invitation to the eternal banquet. Use me, Father, in the salvation of souls. God bless each and every one of you. Be that instrument in the world and change that world for God. Bye-bye. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us 
at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.